Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? What is up, Niners Nation? It is Victory Tuesday. And I am still in a state of disbelief that we are actually won that game. I, I, um, I, I have come out of my state of disbelief. I was in it at minimum 24 hours, maybe 36. But finally, I sat down and rewatched the game. And that's when it dawned to me at about maybe 4 p.m. Eastern time on Monday yesterday that the 49ers did win. Probably you could make an argument. This is one of the most historic wins for this franchise. And the 49ers are NFC champions and they're going to the Super Bowl. Say that again. The 49ers are 2023 NFC champions. And they are headed to Super Bowl 58 in a little over a week and a half. That just sounds fantastic. I love the sound of that. Brian, how are you doing? Are you, can you believe we won? I still cannot believe we won. I was texting you guys on Saturday night that I had to sell my ticket because no one wanted to go with me. And I was so pissed off that morning. I was on my 14-mile run. And I was like, what the F? No one wants to go with me to buy this ticket? And Sold that ticket, and then I had to go visit. Went to visit my family in the morning, and then I was still. I was family. <laughs> I was still looking at tickets. Like, oh man, can I just get a single? I just want to go and get a single. Maybe I'll just go. But by then it was too late. But I decided to stay home and watch the game from home. So maybe that was better. Maybe I maybe I didn't mess up the the energy by going down there. But I am still and also in disbelief. I've been. It's obviously Niners heavy on KNBR and the game the last two days. So it's obviously going to be continued to be like that for the next two weeks. But and God happy bless to it. be here. Yeah, yeah. love I it. Mean, and I, so talk about it at length. Brian, you need to make sure that you make the chicken wings at the start of the game, not at halftime. <laughs> be- because we, we're I mean, all about... Factual analysis and logic in this podcast. It was I wore my wings. socks. The socks did occur. It's the chicken wings that occurred at halftime because I was uh, full. I, I oh, think you're right. I, you're right, John. I, I think through the process of elimination, the chicken wings <laughs> did it. But the socks. So anyway, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time or those who have been tuning in throughout the season, we're three obsessed 49ers fans who get together weekly. I'm John, joined by our brother, Tim, my brother from another mother, Brian. And if you have a chance, give us a, give us a follow, give us a review. Thank you so much for listening. We had 50 some odd listens last week. Shout out to some people I know that listen, Mike Goski and Mike Altman and Louise Zire in Thornton, Colorado. You'll know that yourself because I need your nickname. So we're really just thrilled that you find this interesting because in one part it's therapy and other parts it's therapy. Can I give a shout out to one of my buddies? Absolutely. All right. So my buddy Vic, he's a big time Raider fan. 
He, you may have met him when we went to the Raiders. Um, yeah, I sure. Back. Okay, of course. He is my. He's one of my best friends. So shout out to Vic Chang. We've known each other for almost thirty years, and he listened to our last podcast. He was giving me some critiques. He was giving me some advice, but. I know we're going to be playing the Super Bowl in his house. So Chiefs, which I'm hoping, crossing fingers, he hates more than the Niners. But, uh, <laughs> you know, well, so so we got Brian, and, and I'm, I'm glad you can take criticism and comment, critique well. I think you are perfect just the way you are. I just want you to know that. Um, and I'm saying this in front of all of our listeners. Well, what, John? Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> Let's just go with overall thoughts on the game. And then we're going to get into the game detail and with story time with Tim and then go over some overarching things that we saw. So tail two halves. Yeah. I, it was 27, nothing, 27, 14 and one half and 27 something well, in the other half. And, and hang on, John, let's, we didn't, I, it was 24, 24 to, to 17, 24, 24 to seven. seven. 24 to seven at the end of the first half. I, I do, before we get into the game, John, I have to say that what, because we all spoke to each other after the game, we did a FaceTime and I just, I was speechless at the end of that game. I literally just could not talk. I couldn't formulate words of what I saw happening on the television and my phone, which I'll get into later on what had happened. And even the next day I woke up at five 30, I immediately checked ESPN to see if that had happened, which it did. So the game. So we talked about the 49ers getting off to a fast start because we saw what the Packers were able to do to the Niners on their opening drive. Packers went right down the field and with Detroit getting the ball first, I felt it was, I mean, it was statement time. And, and I don't know about you guys. I felt a lot more confident going against the Lions than I did against the Packers. Um, yeah, but, I did. Yeah, I did ahead. not have this. I did not have the same sense of dread that I did. I started getting pretty nervous at about six o'clock. My time was about a half hour before the game. I was watching the Ravens Chiefs game. So I was starting to get a little nervous, but I knew that we already had two keys to victory. It was better weather. It was 76 degrees in Santa Clara and sunny skies and Debo was playing. Two keys to victory were already on our side before we even started. Ron, how are you feeling before the game? I was texting. A lot of people were texting me throughout the day. And I was definitely, I think as you probably heard from my text message to you guys, I, I was feeling more nervous throughout the week. I started the week feeling pretty calm. Oh, we got this. We'll correct it. We'll start fresh. We'll know what make what mistakes we made. Well, our run defense will step up. Our zone defense is gonna is gonna be able to stop the Lions packing passing game. But I just I think as the weeks as the week went on, I listened to too many talking heads. I've watched too many shows. And my confidence meter kind of just started dropping. So I did feel we were going to be, we were going to be more prepared for the game, but I did not know. I did not realize how much the Lions were going to just gash us in the first half. I don't think anyone, obviously none of you guys ever knew that, but that was just like a shell shock right from the start. And it was so yeah. fast. Yeah. And obviously we'll talk about that, but that was just, 
It was like, what did, what did they score? Like within a minute? And a it half? was, it was, yeah, it was four yeah. plays on their opening drive, four plays, 75 yards. And the, we had seen the Packers get success with these quick pitch outs, getting to the edge quickly before the Niners could either react or the Niners would over pursue. So a minute 42 into the game, the, the Lions, they get a 42 yard touchdown from Williams. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh boy, I hope that was an anomaly, but it wasn't. And the 49ers, they do get the ball. They move the ball. Jake Moody misses a field goal. And I think Niners Nation at that point put it best when they tweeted out, okay, it's going to be this kind of game. Yeah. I was at that point, I'm like, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to get some stops and we're going to have to play good ball. So yeah, I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be a game. And the Lions get the ball. And again, right down the field this time, 11 play, 62 yards. The same offensive philosophy, get the ball out quick, get to the edge quick. The, uh, the 49ers had, I, one time they had a, a third and nine and Goff passed off to, uh, to St. Brown for 13 yards. And I just saw the blocking set up so quickly on that play. And the Niners just seemed to be kind of just, wait, what's happening? They, they seem to be in shock, but at that point, the Lions were dying. The Lions had dominated the first quarter. A little over 12 minutes in, they're up 14 nothing. Montgomery on a one-yard plunge. And you just thought, oh boy, what is happening here? Here, So at that point, I mean, I'm sure I'm, this is the way I'm feeling. I'm sure you were feeling that Niners had to answer at that point. Yeah. You know, because they, they simply were not even coming close to slowing Detroit down. I was thinking that they had to answer and they probably needed a touchdown at this point. Otherwise it had the, it was going to get out of control pretty quickly. Right. And they also needed to establish a little bit of a run, get into a rhythm, get the defense off the field and not just do a three and out. Yeah. Yeah. And the Niners do just that. The Niners, they get themselves together. And this was, I thought one of the best plays that Purdy made all day. It was a second and four. He rolls out, he gets pressed, he rolls out to his left, sets his feet, and he finds Kyle Juszczyk over the middle for a big 23-yard gain. And this is where we, we've heard all about Brock Purdy, the game manager. Brock Purdy, the system quarterback. Brock Purdy in this game that I know we'll talk about and was finally acknowledged by the press. Brock Purdy, he's amazing. And it's plays like that that he can extend that allow the, the 49ers to get into games like this. I know we talked about last week of where Garoppolo can make that play. I don't see Garoppolo making, but that's frankly, that's the angle that Purdy, that Purdy gives you that, that ability. Then McCaffrey does his thing. It takes a, a short pass on the left side and he just makes people miss. And yeah. John, I know that's one of the things Absolutely. that you love, but that's a big 28 yard uh, gain. And that's when I thought, okay, the Niners offense is starting to click. Yeah. So. I, at that point, I'm like, okay, CMC is starting to roll. They're starting to get physical. We got, we'll punch it. We can punch it in here. And then it's a one score game. Yeah. And they do just that. McCaffrey, he scores. It's 14 7. At that point, I'm like, all right, they, they've answered. Now the D has to step up. The defense for what we found out later, the only time Detroit punted, at least in the first half, 
The Niners got, they get the ball at 12. Yeah. But John, what did you say last week about um, the offensive line? I needed them to have better pass protection. Yeah. And then we saw. That was one of our keys to victory. Absolutely. Pass protection. Yeah. And on a third and 15, he got the pretty gets pressured. It was Laporta or no, uh, Laporta's a tight end. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm sorry. He tries to hit Debo. Say Purdy gets, he tries to hit Debo Samuel, but the pass was tipped at the line of scrimmage. And at that point I rolled my eyes. I thought, oh boy, because now you're going to offense. That's been playing so into, you know, Ryan's territory, Ryan Hart's territory. Exactly. Exactly. Here at this point, I'm thinking, okay, you have to hold him to three. Hold him to three. We don't get that many points off the turnover. It happens. It's not really Purdy's fault. It's a tip pass, but hold him to three. That That's a small victory. Brian, what were you thinking? Well, I mean, obviously you want to keep them to three. So what was the score at that point? It was 14 7. Okay, you would have kept him to 17 7. It would have been nice and easy. Okay, just keep him within 10. We score another touchdown. We'll be right back in it. And man, they scored a touchdown on that real quick. I think with six minutes to go in the game, they scored a touchdown to Gibbs. Man, that guy is fast. He was playing awesome at that point. They killed us in the first half. Yeah. Well, the tackling on that play, on that touchdown yeah. play, was atrocious by the 49ers. Yeah, it was like, okay, do you guys show up to play? Yeah, I mean, Gibson missed him. I think Chase Young overran him. But he, at just that point, I'm just like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. They're torching us. Oh. Yeah. I mean, so the Niners, they have to answer at that point. They're down 21-7, and the Niners do what they can't afford to do. They go three and out. And Detroit gets the ball. They get the ball and they're 29. Go ahead. We still yeah. won, right? Well, I don't know at this point. I'm starting to get nervous. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't look like it by the way you're talking. No, it doesn't. <laughs> at this point, you're thinking Detroit's got all the momentum. Yes. They're making the plays when they need to. The Niners just seemed, they came out flat and they just could not get anything in rhythm. And that's what we saw against the Packers. I mean, the Niner offense never really clicked in the game against the Packers. Yes, they had the the game-winning drive at the end, but the Packers defense kept the Niners offense off balance through most of that game. Mm-hmm. And there was never those times where it was Purdy to McCaffrey, Purdy over to Kittle, Purdy down to IU, where it's that boom, and all of a sudden they're on the 10-yard line. There was never that in the Packers game. But as we found in the second half, it was a little more of that. But at that point, I'm just thinking, please hold them. Because I think at this point, I'm thinking Detroit's going to go for the knockout punch. Yeah. They get one more touchdown and this game could be essentially be over. So what's interesting, you mentioned momentum. At this point in the game, Detroit has all of it. Yeah. All of it. And it's funny because obviously we know what happens in the second half, but I think we have to think about at this point in time, Detroit has all the momentum. They're have the Niners on the ropes and reeling. And I think this is one of the things that 
his key theme of the game is who has the momentum and who does what with it. And what does Dan Campbell do when he has the momentum and when he does not have the momentum? Because at this point, I'm like, if it gets down to the point at halftime where he has to make a decision between kicking a field goal or trying a, a fourth down play. And I thought yeah. because he had so much momentum, he should have gone for it. Yeah. And he actually kicks the field goal and all the chattering heads have been talking about this now the second half. I actually thought that was his first big mistake because he had so much momentum. I mean, they were, the Niners were so on their heels. And if he had put another touchdown on the board, it would have been 28 to seven. I agree so. with you on the, I agree with you there. I think if we went for that, we would have been knocked out of the game. The jugular were, would have gone for the jugular. would have been out 28, seven, but he must've had some sort of conservative angel on his or devil on his shoulder, kind of telling him, just take the points, take the points. We'll be up three scores. I guess the, we have three scores. I guess the ace will want to half the hour. I didn't mean me have. Well, I also think there's something that we didn't mention in the first half was how many times Detroit had it in third and long and mm -hmm. was able to convert. And yeah. the most galling of that was on, there was two third downs on that drive, one of which was a third and 12 on the nine or 47. Gibbs just around the left end picks up the first down. And if they're picking up a, a third, it reminded me a lot of Raheem Mustard against the Packers, the NFC championship mm -hmm. that he just was gashing the Packers. This was just, all right, well, hey, Niner fans, here's what that felt like. Yeah, I was thinking back to that one, but then there was a third and 18 and Bob connects over the middle for 23 yards. And you just thought that the, the defense just seemed to be so out of sync. It reminded me a lot of the 49ers early in the year when we were having a three game losing streak. It just seemed to see people seem to just be out of alignment. I know they're playing a lot of zone defense and they certainly made some adjustments at the half. But yeah, I think going back to there, there's actually one other play I want to mention. Um, at one point, Goff had tried to hit a receiver in the end zone. It may have been Laporta. I'm not sure off the top mm -hmm. of my head, but there was a key play in that because Javon Kinlaw got a great rush on on Jared Goff, and he forced Goff just you know, ever just a little bit of much that he forced the throw and he misses the receiver in the end zone. That to me, looking back, was an enormous play because. Now, okay, you, you could have had seven. You should have had seven. And you go to the to John's point where, hey, it's okay, it's fourth and three. It's ten seconds left. No, that was not the Dan Campbell that I expected. But what I would have gone for, and that hey, take the points and go into the and go into the and uh, right. keep the momentum. But the momentum was so much with them. And sure, it's funny. You mentioned Kinlaw and getting him off his mark because one of our keys to victory was get Goff off his mark. And Bosa, by that point, had two sacks. They were starting to get to him, but not enough to really move him around. I mean, Jared was dealing. The pocket like, was pretty tight. Like, yeah, he, he, had, he had a pretty clean. Other than those, those sacks by Bosa, the pocket yeah. was pretty clean. Yeah. yeah, and we saw multiple times. He just seemed to have all day to throw. 
So the four-man front that we had hope, well, I think Steve Wilkes, I think we had hoped, I'm not saying expected, but hoped that they would get enough pressure on Goff was not happening. Okay. It's halftime. It's the NFC championship. It's you're down 24 seven and you go on the locker room. And I, I just, I don't, I'll just say this. I well, did not have any expectations before an hour. So we're going to come back. So let, let's stop. Let's stop here at halftime. Yeah. 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 We're half journey. Journey was performing at halftime as you guys. I did. didn't watch them. I didn't watch them. Well, they weren't going to, they weren't going to be on TV, <laughs> but I didn't watch that either. I'm sure you guys were punching pillows and I was doing some of that. I, I will tell you that. But Adam Copeland from KMBR was kind of talking about, I don't want to hear Journey right now. And they didn't even start with Don't Stop Believing because there's obviously a Detroit line in there. Mm-hmm. But I think when maybe it started firing the crowd up because I think we must have all done something different at halftime. Like for me, I changed my jersey. I told you guys what I changed. Mm-hmm. I went from Patrick Willis to Steve Young. I cooked the friggin' wings finally. <laughs> and and it just started. We all needed a change. So yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys, what did you guys do to change the mojo? Well, my family went to bed. <laughs> that that is how Super Bowl ramifications, which we'll get to next week. But I switched seats and I started holding or, or gripping a, a paper towel ball to loosen the stress <laughs> a little bit. That was about it. And not only, so that's what I did. But one of the things that you don't mess with the football gods is there's two things the Lions apparently did right before after. What I know is for sure is one of the players, I think it's Gardner C. Johnson, C.J. Yeah. Gardner Johnson, waved to the crowd in second quarter. It's like, oh, bye-bye, it's all us. And somebody with the Lions coaching staff asked the people uh, who are running the event, how does the trophy presentation go? Ooh. I'm like, that's a little early. That's a little early. You don't mess with the, you don't, you just, you you don't assume. Yeah. I mean, you can go, you can point to so many times in NFL history where a team has come back and not, and again, I will go on record saying I can, I had completely given up all hopes. I, I, but I mean, the Patriots come back against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. You just, you never, until that clock hits zero or they put in the backup quarterback, that's really when you start celebrating. I will also say that the Niners continue their undefeated strength when Tim has given up on the team. So I ask this, give up now, Tim. (laughs) Give it up. Well, well, (laughs) I can assure you, I will always be my typical skeptical self. So I have that to offer. Okay. But Brian, you were going to say something. Uh, I was going to ask you, what did you do to change the vibe? Did you put I, on a jersey? Well, did you put on a jersey? I will, you, I will <laughs> tell you what I did. I will tell you what I did. I will say, I mean, look, I mean, the first half, I, what I did first, the first thing it is, I looked at the first half statistics and they were not pretty. The Lions had almost doubled the time of possession. They had 280 total yards. 148 was on the ground. And they were five of seven on third downs. And I 
I want to say at least three or four of those was on third and long. So we're not looking good. So I was just forget it. So I did remember that in the previous game against the Packers, John took his phone and he went into, I have a finished basement and he went into the guest room of the finished basement and watched it there. I didn't go into the guest room, but I went into the far corner that's near the guest room and watched, started watching the game on my phone. I didn't do game cast. I came close, but I went into a, a little corner and I just started watching the game and I turned the game off on the TV and my wife comes down and was looking for me, couldn't find me and says, Tim. And I said, I'm over here. She's like, what are you doing? I'm watching the game on your phone. Yes. You have this nice television. Why aren't you watching it on this television? <laughs> because I going to watch it on my phone. And she just gave me a look and just shook her head and, and went upstairs. So I think she was half like you are completely weird and sort of also half laughing. I, this is just the side of humanity I don't get, but that's yeah. how I started watching the second half. And so I, I had switched seasons. I had come to the conclusion, I'm like, look, the television I am watching has no rational outcome on the game. Therefore, I really shouldn't just change televisions because that's just not rational. So I was trying to stick with my guns. I'm never doing that again because we would have won earlier. But watch televisions. But I was just resigned to the fact, okay, look, hey, the Lions, they're playing better than the 49ers. Let's see what happens. I'm going to watch the game because I'm a fan, and I'm going to cheer the Lions on the Super Bowl. And great. It's great for the city of Detroit that never been in the Super Bowl. Awesome. It sucks that we lost, but whatever. So I'm going to watch. I'm just going to watch. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, we'll see what happens. I was already, I was ready for File Kyle, fire Kyle Shanahan, fire John Lynch, bench Purdy. They can't win the big one. It was everything I was preparing myself for, but I was sharing your thoughts, John. Okay, well, hey, the, what, the Lions haven't won for so long. But then, you know what, John? And, then, and we'll start talking about the second half here. Mm -hmm. John sends a text out to all of us. <laughs> he references 1957, which the Detroit Lions played at Keys are against the 49ers. Mm -hmm. The Niners go into the half halftime up 24-7. And they have an epic collapse, and the Lions came back and won. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And, and John what was says, the score at halftime? 24-7. You can't make this up. This is why sports can't write a script for this stuff. I think Spike and, Lee said that. And this is why you're like, it's not to be scripted. Yeah. <laughs> so, not that I got that and all of a sudden thought, oh, Here's the moment. Oh, I didn't think that at all. But I, I yeah, you said on, time John, to avenge 1957. Yeah. So great call, John. Now, Thank also, it's been going around Instagram that while this was all going on in the first half, George Kittle was saying to everybody, fine, I'm going to talk about this on the stage later. Oh, they had us in the first half. He was going up to Purdy like that. Yeah. We had this totally, they had it in the first half. It's fine. No big deal. Let's go out and have fun. I'm like, wow. Talking yeah. about speaking it into existence. Yeah. So there's also been reports about Nick Bosa saying, hey, do your job. And mm -hmm. how badly, this is for the Super Bowl. 
you guys need to get, we need to get ourselves together. We need to go, we need to go out and we need to play the way where we're playing. And I'm paraphrasing, but that was frankly the, the attitude in the locker room. Yeah. And then the other, what happens next. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I, I, I did hear something about that, that he, he was calling out maybe there's just one thing someone does on one play that just causes the big explosive play. So he was like calling out to his teammates. You know. Not somebody I really want to be on the bad side of. Yeah. Nope. All right. So the second half begins. I'm sitting on Indian style on the floor with my phone. The, the Niners, they get the second half kickoff. They get down there on the 25. I'm like, if we can get a touchdown, that would be a, that would be a huge boost in momentum. They don't. Purdy misses Ayuk on a third and eight. Moody comes in. I'm telling you, I was not feeling good about Moody, but hey, he hits the deal goal. It's 24 tens. Was that the drive Wait, where Jawan Jennings had that yes. ridiculous catch? Yes. Yes. Well, where, it, where now, Purdy rolls. Go ahead. Yep. Purdy rolls left. So he's throwing back across the field. And then I don't know how the heck Jawan Jennings throws his hand up, catches that ball, ball. And then, I mean, I think he's going to land on his head. Yeah. Just the way he's going to land. But, he gets that first down, and that was yeah. That was and it was, you know, the third. It was a third and four. They had run Debo on a second and one previous that, and he had lost yardage. And, and normally that play works when they stretch out Debo. He can find a way, but uh, yeah, the, we got to give credit where it was due to both Purdy and Jennings on that. Well, well, John, third and Jawan. So third and Jawan. <laughs> the four eyes they get the field goal. Moody hits, and it's twenty four ten, and. If the 49er defense was going to make a statement on the Lions opening drive, they needed to do so, and I felt needed to do so quickly. Doesn't happen right away. No. <laughs> the, the Lions, no. They, they go down the field, and this is where I, I, here's where the game, in my opinion, looking again, this is where the game completely turns around. Yep. And I'm going to bring up Javon Kinlaw again. I think he, he made two plays that, really helped the 49ers not only in the first pass stay in the game, but the second half turned around. It was a third down. It was a third and four. And it was St. Brown up the middle. But you see Kinlock quickly close on the play. And he makes it a fourth down. But he closed so fast that he prevented it from being, I think, a, a fourth and, and much shorter. And then we get to... The turning point of the game, in my opinion, I don't know what you guys think, but this is the first fourth down that Dan Campbell decides to go for. So this what are you is, thinking of? Well, in hindsight, it's the turning point. And I yeah. know that a lot of Niners, like Kyle Juszczyk said, if they go for it and we hold, this could be huge. At the time, I thought... I found it curious that he wasn't going to kick the field goal, but I didn't feel if they missed because the Niners had so much ground they had to make up that it was going to be that big a deal. Yeah, John, I'm on your side. I was kind of thinking that this is their MO. If they get it, they're going to kill us. If they yeah. don't get it, they'll be fine. Like in terms of Detroit, they'll be just fine because they're killing us anyway in terms of everything else. But, you know, in hindsight, yes, like looking at it like two days, three days later, mm -hmm. yeah, 
that was probably the start of the demise of, of that yeah. game. Yeah. And again, one of our keys is get golf off his mark. And who does that? Nick Bosa's coming around the edge. Bosa, golf has to step up and he has to deliver the ball early. And he delivers a little bit low. You could, you could make it a 50, 50 ball that the guy should have caught it, but he doesn't. And next thing you know, the Niners have the ball. And yeah. then what happens, Tim? Because we well, well, wait, well, that was oh, the yeah. first of one drop. That was the first of Reynolds. We'll hear about him. Yeah. So I mean, look on the replay. It seemed like a catchable ball. Yeah, as John mentioned, it was a low throw. But one in that situation, you expect you you need your receiver to make. But all right. So I'm thinking. All right. Well, we're down ten. What can the Forty Niners do with it? They had moved the ball on their first drive of the second half, but, you know, they came away with three instead of seven. Debo, get first play, he gets 17 yards. And then, look, I'll just, I'll say it right now, it was the play of the year. You may have, you can maybe even call it the play of the decade. Well, it wasn't number one on the sports center, which is weird. I, I, what did they go with? They went with Lamar. They went with Lamar. They went with Lamar. But what should we call that play? I've heard the Ayuk fluke. I've heard the B.A. Ricochet. What have you guys heard? Immaculate deflection. Catch four. <laughs> and I'm going to go with immaculate deflection. Yeah. Go ahead, John. So I was sitting there at this point. I'm like, okay, well, they can cut it now. Because what was the score, Tim? It's 24-10. It's 24-10. Get a touchdown, we're within a score. And it's still a third quarter. Now we're in the game. And watching, and Purdy backs up, and then he launches it. I'm like, oh, going for it. I see it's a little overthrown. I'm like, Oh, it was well overthrown. It wasn't a little. It was a lot overthrown. Yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, it might be a pick. And not a bad pick because it's basically a glorified punt. And... All of a sudden, he caught that. It, it looked like he scored. And my wife was with me. And I, she's like, what just happened? I'm like, he just caught the ball. I think he just scored. I think we're within seven. <laughs> that, to me, was the play that absolutely changed the whole game. Not so it much the fourth thing. It changed yeah. everything. It, it, gave that, it gave offense confidence. It mm-hmm. just, oh, man, it was just... It was amazing. There was a flag on the play that the refs picked up, but that would, that would have been PI anyway, right? On the defense, I'm guessing. I would have said incidental on that play. I've looked at it a couple of times. Yeah. And they, as you said, Brian, they did pick up the flag. That's what makes the play. But uh, it felt like there were no memorable. flags. That, there were no flags really that much in this game. Like, no. There was no, no, it was actually a pretty clean game. I mean, you could there there were a couple of plays I know that we can get into one later where Purdy looked like he was hit. Oh, he got clocked. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. But so, uh, but but going yeah, going back to that play, right. you guys say, hey, look, go ahead, Tim. Let's set the stage. Yes, you're in the corner with your iPhone in <laughs> yes. in sitting Indian style. Oh, you you watched it on the iPhone, not on the yes. Oh. Yes, on my phone. So you didn't quite have the vision that the rest of us. <laughs> I have so my what, glasses. I can see. So <laughs> what are you thinking? I, I let me answer that in a second. I do want to make one other point. 
and you, you said, well, hey, it gave the 49ers confidence. It gave the 49ers momentum. It did something else that was just as significant. It put fear in the, in the Lions. Mm-hmm. The Lions at that point were like, what just happened? We had this game in the bag. And yeah. all of a sudden, they're knocking on the door yeah. where everything had gone right for them at that point. And that is something that is so hard to, you, you need such a, a, it is so hard to recover from. You need something significant to go exactly your way as well. And for a young team like that, when doubt creeps in, that's where a team like the 49ers can take advantage. So, but go I'll go back. Just, I'll I'll go back I, let me go back to one because you bring up a really good right. point. So in the Packers game, when we were talking about momentum, because this is clearly one of those games, the Niners had scored and the Packers took the momentum back very quickly with that kick return. Yes, absolutely. This catch took all the wind out of their sails and they never got it back. Anyway, Tim, you're there in the corner. I'm there in the corner. Yeah. And I see, I mean, I see the play happen. Look, iPhones can't put things in 4K. I'm on record as saying that because it was on Fox. When it happened, I just, well, John, you've seen me watch a 49er game. How often do I yell or when anything good happens to 49ers? Do I do anything? No, it's it's pretty rare. I was dead. I was dead silent <laughs> because in my opinion, I'm like, did he score? And if so, we're down seven. So the defense needs to step up. So I'm already thinking two or three plays ahead. And then we didn't score. I'm like, well, we still have to get in the end zone. So we're still down uh, seven. We're still down. No, we're still down 14. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but, you know, obviously the Niners, again, I mean, after that play, the complete turnaround, it's third and six and Purdy, he's pressured again, but again, his mobility, he rolls out to his left, sets his feet, and he throws a dart to Brandon IU. Yeah. And that, looked, that was thing, that was a really they, tight play because there were like yeah. three or four defenders. If you watch the replay, they were like closing in on that ball right in the middle. And I, I, yeah. that's just amazing by Purdy. Yeah. So the game manager. Play. The, game, the game manager. Yes. At this point, I'm like, we have a really good chance to win this football game and at that point i was out of my seat and i was pacing <laughs> still brian, holding the magic paper towel in my hands brian what are you doing i'm well i'm wearing my steve young jersey i asked yeah. jen my wife to put on patrick willis so she's wearing the Patrick Willis jersey. You so to, I love that you asked your wife to put on a jersey. Well, she she knows how much this means to me and to us and to the podcast and to the podcast. Can we give a can we give a big shout out to Jen and all of our wives for putting up with us on this? Because I asked my wife to do a lot of things. I've never asked her to put on a 49ers jersey. So big shout out and, and kudos to Jen. If she, ever, yeah. if she gives if she listens to this podcast i'll give her love but i was okay. i was pacing just like you i was probably holding a paper towel or a napkin john just like you because oh man that was that was just incredible we tied it up and I, one thing i will say though like i'm sure you guys have watched a lot of warrior games nba mm-hmm. warriors games in the past yeah. and you know how steph curry like you're watching a game you're down 15 and then you may step away, you may go to the restroom, and then suddenly you're up by five. 
And I just kind of felt like the way the momentum shifted, like right away, it felt like a Warriors game. I was watching like a Steph Curry moment esque moment watching mm-hmm. a Warriors game in this football game. It just felt like the momentum changed in a matter of like, what five to ten minutes, yeah. and it it just felt fast. Yeah, I think it was eight minutes. Eight minutes. Yeah, like, like it just seemed like a day and a half. Yeah, <laughs> so it's twenty four seventeen. I am well. It's a ball game to you, John. I am refusing. Did you call to ball game? Hope. Did you say that? Did I say? Okay. I actually didn't say ball game. I certainly had no hope at the end of the first, <laughs> but I did not say ball game. <laughs> So it's 24-17, and at this point, Levi's is roaring. I don't know if you've listened to any of Great Papa or Cambia when the calls of the game, but there's just some, they were getting into it as well. And, and so the Lions get the ball on their 25. What happens? Fumble. Fumble. And, and all of a sudden. Gibson, baby. Gibson and yeah. Armstead recovers. And one of our keys of the game was, is always one of the keys of the game is turnovers and those turnovers on downs, turnovers yeah. like that. And the Lions ended up having three and the Niners had one. And so, yeah. Let's, so analyzing that quick handoff, they were obviously showing that on TV, which, which you guys were watching. So they, they said that the alignment was off when Goff was passing it, when it was handing it off to, mm-hmm. to uh, yeah. Gibbs. But did you guys see that? Did you guys think mm-hmm. that? I did. Yeah, yeah, he did yeah. not have a he did not have a a hold of that football. It was uh, he was not covering the points. He was like he was trying to get his hands around it when Gibson just was in the perfect place. Made a play, made a play. All of a sudden, I mean, like you said, John, eight minutes have gone by. The Niners are down twenty four ten. Big play to IU, touchdown pass to IU. Now you're down twenty four seventeen. Fumble, and I am just I started hitting my head because I'm just saying like, I had moved on and I had stopped <laughs> caring, but stopped caring. And now you're going to make a ball game of this. In some ways I was kind of angry. You're, you guys are just stringing me along, aren't you? Yeah. Why give me hope? Why give me hope? That's what Why? they do. <laughs> but, but here's another, I think Brock Purdy, the game manager. But he makes an enormous play on second down. He scrambled. He's, he's flushed out. He scrambles for 21 yards. You know, we never had that dynamic before at a quarterback. Probably not until since Steve Young. And maybe, I don't know if that's a basic comparison because Steve Young was no, so, known so much for his running. But, you know, he, he, can, he, gets yeah. the, he can get that five. He can get that 10. And in this case, 21. So now they're knocking on the doorstep. And the, the Niners, they get down to the one and they hand it to CMC and all of a sudden a tie ball. Yeah. So at that got, point, my daughter yeah. came downstairs from upstairs and it's literally a little bit like Christmas morning. You really shouldn't be down here. It's just, <laughs> it's tied. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, she's good luck. <laughs> goes upstairs. At this point, I'm just like, I, I can't believe it's tied, but let's see what happens because now it's the end of the third quarter. We got 15 minutes of ball to go and zero, zero, essentially. This, yeah. this is getting, this is going to get picky here, but I was so hoping Debo, I'm 
was going to score that. It was like an end around to Debo, and he, yeah, he got stopped around. at the yeah. one. Yeah. And uh, he had done so much to bring us back here. I felt mm-hmm. like he deserved that score, but to have him get stopped at the one. And then obviously, I love CMC, CMC scored that touchdown, but I wanted to see Debo get that one for us. Yeah. I mean, I actually I came across an interesting statistic. Debo in that game, he forced six missed tackles as a receiver and two more as a runner. When you force eight missed tackles alone, that just tells you how special he is. He had 96 total yards and 76 after contact. That's ridiculous. That's amazing. So now, Tim, it's all tied up. And the Lions... They go three and out and they, it's a third and nine. And as Brian, you said, they try to get to Reynolds and what happens? Oh man, he, what do I have here? He dropped it, right? Didn't he hit him in the numbers in that one? Hit him right in the numbers. Oh yeah. Yeah, That was a good, it was a good ball by golf. He, he had set his feet. He had a good throw on the ball. And then all of a sudden, when I, I mean, John, I don't know about you. I saw him wide open. I thought, well, that's a catch. Oh yeah, and all I was thinking yeah, that. Second and a half later, I'm like, wait, he, the ball's on the ground. But at this point, it didn't surprise me because so much momentum was with the 49ers. It just they looked like the Lions looked basically like what just happened. I we, we were just up by a hole. We were already making plans to go to Vegas. Like what the now we're just tied. Right. What yeah, just yeah. happened? Completely in their heads. So by that point, I wasn't surprised. I was like, the Niners have everything going for them right now. So that's where Moody gets that field goal, right? Is that, is that? Moody, yes. Yeah. yeah the Moody yep. gets a field goal. And again, we see Brock Purdy. It's, it's a second and six on the, the Detroit 23. Oh, I think previous to that, we finally got George Kittle involved in the ball. Yeah. Kittle had a, had a big gain. It was a 28 yarder that. Got the Niners down to the 27. Purdy then, again, showing the scrambling ability. And then Purdy made what I would say his only two mistakes of the game was that the Lions had two sacks in a row. And I agreed with the announcers in that, is that when they, when they, the play was taking so long to, well, he was trying to get receivers open. He held the ball on too long. He should have launched it out of the end zone and gone to a second and 10. But 49ers... They do get it down to the 15. Moody hits the field goal, but none of us are feeling comfortable because we know anything is, can happen. But, but kudos no. to Moody. Moody had missed the first one and nailed it yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't this the one, isn't this the drive where it looked like Purdy was going to be sacked in the backfield for maybe a five-yard loss? And, and then he, the he like dips under it and yeah. then he finds Juszczyk who's tiptoeing on the sidelines. Yeah. So if he got that sack, we never would have got that field goal. Oh, no, there's in every drive. Yeah, there's a pretty moment that he Mm -hmm. saves the drive. Yeah. Yeah. Like in every single one of them. Yeah. And as somebody said, if you're talking about the first, I was the first play of the drive, the the, the drive and the, the Moody field goal, but he's basically, he's dead to right sacked. Puts it. Puts his head down, spins out of it, rolls to his left, hits Yusek, who makes a phenomenal catch to keep his feet in bounds. And as one person said, hey, you know what? Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott makes that play. Patrick Mahomes makes that play. That's all over Sports Center. Yeah. Of 
Oh, what an amazing play. Brock Purdy? Oh, no, that's a game manager. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Lamar Jackson makes that play. Oh, that's going on. Twice. Oh, oh, sure. Sure. He, 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 and Lamar that's, Jackson did do that play in game That's one A and then one B. Yeah. <laughs> then what uh, happens? Then we won. So, the, uh, wait, what's happening? I'm on Detroit. Okay, so Detroit basically had done nothing in the third quarter. They'd had a three and out. They had a turnover. The Niners had dominated. They're now down by three. But to Detroit's credit, they they didn't panic. They didn't fold the tent. They start driving down the field. But John, they get to the here, uh, third and t- it was third and ten on the Niners thirty-seven. Yep. He hits Saint Brown out. He gets seven yards and. He, he was hit with such momentum. I think Ward and Ryan converged on at the same time. He was knocked backwards. And my yeah, thought was... Fred gets on him. Yeah. And at this point, my feeling is, let's hear your thoughts. My feeling is Campbell's going to go for the field goal. Because just the way that last play ended, it just felt like I'm not close enough. The receiver got knocked back. It just didn't feel to me like a point where I want to go for it. That's my fault. That, that is my feeling before we see what happens next. What, what, what's your thought? My thought was when initially it was a show, okay, it's fourth and three, mm-hmm. that they would take the points. And they'd already missed on another fourth down and tie the game and then force the Niners to drive the length of the field again. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're tied, let's see, you still have it for overtime and all sorts of stuff. Take the points, move it along, see what happens. Yeah. Because at this point, uh, there's a little over seven and a half minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, Brian, what, what are your thoughts there? Are oh, you, I'm at, or? I am in total agreement with John. Just take the points, tie the game. You got yeah. a new ball game, seven, seven minutes to go, and you just stop them once. And if Detroit gets the ball back and they score a touchdown, it's basically over. This whole dream comeback by the Niners is essentially done. Mm-hmm. But it just, to your point, John, they went for it. What was that? It was like, was it a pass to St. Brown? Yep. So, uh, yeah. One Flash. other thing before that, apparently the Lions field goal kicker is about 50-50 from that distance. So you have to then say, okay, put yourself in Dan Campbell's shoes. You have a 50-50 chance at the fourth and three, or you have a 50-50 chance at a field goal. Now... He, kicker had missed one all day. It's perfect conditions. That was 47 uh, yards, right? 47 yards from that. 47 yard field goal. So it's, he decided to do what he's been doing, which is live by the sword, die by the sword. So Tim, what happened on this epic fourth and three? Well, the Niners get a great rush on, on Goff. Uh, again, one of our keys of victory, make Goff roll out where he's not, he's not as effective. I think it was Chase Young. And it was Bosa and Chase Young was really getting a lot of pressure on, uh, on and Armstead. And Armstead, I th- honestly thought Chase Young was going to get him on that play. And Goff just throws probably his worst pass of the day. It's not even, I think it one hop to St. Brown when he was trying to get it to him there. I'll go, I mean, well, let's just talk about the decision here to go for it. I understand your quarterback is 50 50. I understand this has been his philosophy all year i just think in my opinion that you do you try to get the points you try to tie the game and keep yourself in a position to win the game in this place 
but the Niners offense was clicking. If you don't make it there, but the Niners can and certainly did go down and score a touchdown. Now you're two scores down. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just felt I want to win, but I want to win my way. And I felt it was more Dan Campbell being stubborn. And we've seen coaches, we've criticized Shanahan. We've uh-huh. criticized Kyle Shanahan plenty of times on this podcast for sticking with something because he wants it to work a certain way, like running McCaffrey over and over again, constantly going to Debo over and over again because he wants it that to win it that way. That's not a philosophy I'd subscribe to as an NFL coach. You have to be able to adapt in situations. And that's where my criticism of Dan Campbell is in this game. So that's, that, that, yeah. that's my two cents on the matter. I do want to talk about that, that play because I saw it broke down today by Emmanuel Acho. I thought he did a really good job of it. When they're lined up in that play with the Niners defense and the Detroit offense, you see somebody from Detroit go in motion and you mm-hmm. see Dre Greenlaw follow him. Goff automatically goes to, they're in man. I and you see Goff tap his helmet and checks into a man beating play and ends up, what ends up happening is Dre Greenlaw was the, Dre Greenlaw was the bait and he ends up staying in zone and the one he was going to hit going across ends up going right into Logan Ryan's lap and Jared Goff sees this and realizes that he's been hoodwinked. And then next thing you know, Eric Armstead is chasing him out of the pocket. And essentially from there, barring a miracle, the play is over. So kudos to Steve Wilkes and Dre Greenlaw for calling that play at that time, because that moment, it could have been a big momentum switch. Like they could have just been feeding off and be like, okay, We've got it now. We can keep the play going. But that was a really, that was a forced out stop by the Niners defense, not an errant throw or a missed catch, which was the, the fourth down before. Now the Niners are up three and driving, Tim. Yeah. And so, John, something did happen to me on that drive. 49ers first play, they give to McCaffrey and he just rips off seven yards and I, something happened, John. I said, we're going to score on this drive just on that play alone, because <laughs> I just felt like the Detroit Lions defense was reeling at that point. Um, so at this point, are you yeah. still in the corner or did you turn the television back? On? No, after, and I'm, I'm so glad you asked me that, John, <laughs> because actually, and, and I should say, at one point, my wife did come downstairs and just found me in the same position. And she said, they tied it, right? I said, I know. I'm, I'm still watching. <laughs> oh, and she, she did she have it on upstairs? She was watching it upstairs, yeah. yeah. Because she kind of wanted to see what mood I was going to be in. Come After Detroit uh, missed on the fourth and three, I pumped my fist and I went back to the television and I turned the television back on. Okay, yeah. <laughs> did you have the phone still on? Yes. Okay, that doesn't work. Was there a delay? Was there a delay between the two? The phone was slightly ahead of the television, which I found interesting. But since this is an <laughs> Apple iPhone YouTube TV podcast, we'll just stick with the game. 
But <laughs> all right, so McCaffrey rips off a seven yard run. And then I, I, again, Brock Purdy, it's third and fourth from the 49. And if there was ever a play that the Lions had to make, it was right there to keep them in the game. And Brock Purdy, he's pressured and gets out to his right, beats the Detroit. I think he beat the linebacker actually on that play. And it's 21 yard pickoff. Takes it all the way down to the Detroit 28. Uh, and I just felt, hey, we get a touchdown on this one. I think the game is essentially over. And then McCaffrey does what McCaffrey does best. He gave him the ball. He makes people miss. And he initiates the contact. He drives for yeah. at least three or four more yards. And all of a sudden, the Niners are on the three. And here's another thing I think we'll point this out on Chris McCaffrey. He got up. He had gotten dinged on play. It looked like he got some sort of a... Looked like he landed on his head. head injury. Landed on his head. He made it, but he was... They were working on his neck a little bit, so I wondered if he may have pinched a nerve a little bit or just pulled something. But he immediately signals, hey, I'm, I'm not good. And that, to me, is such a epitome of who Christian McCaffrey is. I mean, some players would have said, hey, you know, I want the ball. I want the glory. He's like, no, I'm not good to go. And we have another back in there who can get the job done. Elijah Mitchell, who won the very next play. Touchdown, San, San Francisco. Francisco. Violent, very violent run, too. Yeah. He's been playing all day. Love it. Yeah. I mean, how I'm just like so, looking at statistics right now, but so, I'm sorry, go ahead. So, Tim, you, you mentioned Logan Ryan, man. That guy yeah. stepped up. He, there's a lot of people who stepped in this game. You're talking about Kinlaw, Logan mm. Ryan. Those are names. Well, Logan Ryan, you're not talking about him at the beginning of the season. Not at all. And no, he comes in here. What is he, he playing? On the team. What, what is? What did he play like today? Was he safety or like nickel? Yeah, he was playing or... safety. Oh, he was playing man. safety. He, yeah, he was all over the place. And yeah. thank goodness we got this guy. Mm-hmm. Oh man! So so now we're up ten. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm feeling like we feeling good. We, we feeling Three pretty good. Just get the clock. Keep the clock running. Yeah. And the Lions, I think point the Niners had gone in, the Niners went into a soft coverage and keep everything in front of you, make the Lions chew up as much clock as possible, make them use their timeouts. And the Lions, hey, they get down to, excuse me, the, the goal, excuse me, they're yeah, they were at, one at the, yeah. at the Niner one. But again, John, this is another, this is, this call on third and one when the Lions handed to Montgomery was heavily criticized as the call by Dan Campbell of the one not to make mm-hmm. because the Niners throw him for a loss. Kinlaw and Warner in on the stop. They lose I'm two Logan, runs, but And Logan Ryan tripped him up in the yeah. beginning. Yep, it, exactly. But it, the critical part was they forced them to use one of their three timeouts. They did not use the timeout until that point. At that point, I mean, I mean, at that point, I was like, ooh, that's... That's not where I, I would have kept the ball in Goff's hands, but you, what do you think? I thought the play call was odd. I understand it because Montgomery had been gashing the 49ers and is a big physical back. I, I thought the call was odd for a number of reasons. One is it, I would have had him go right up this, right up the gut and just do a, like a tush push kind of thing. It's three yards. Yeah. 
Instead, they kind of take it off to the right. And, and obviously, I mean, Penny Soul is not exactly a scrub, but the, the Nyers got penetration. And once they get penetration, he starts losing his momentum. It's all she wrote. But the other thing is, and most offensive coordinators will tell you this, is that getting a pass play off in the red zone is, and especially as you get closer to the goal lines, it's really hard because the defense doesn't have to really defend much. It's only have to defend basically the end zone. You can basically just put everybody on man and just make sure that nobody gets open. So I understand why they decided to go run. I thought it was a run, running play. Put somebody behind golf and push them forward or put somebody behind Montgomery and push them forward. Uh, so it was bizarre. And I, you know, I thought, I understand why they did it. I thought the criticism was a little too heavy. I think mostly that fourth down call was a bigger change. Oh, I, 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 yeah. I, I, well, at a timeout. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you there. I mean, they didn't get it. And I see exactly what the merit of your argument. And I agree with that hundred percent. They just didn't get it. They just, yeah. they just didn't pick it up and he, they probably would have gotten it, but they just didn't get it at that time. And, but yeah, they unfortunately had, well, fortunately for the Niners, they had to use, they had to burn that time out. Yep. So. And then, but you know, credit to golf on the next play, he connects with the guy in the end zone and yeah. the three-point like game. I mean, yeah. it's a moot point other than the fact that you need the timeouts to stop the clock. I mean, yeah. We all at this point, I'm just, at this point, just thinking, just somebody pick up the onside. Everybody knows the onside is coming. And I think my heart did skip a beat when it looked for a split second that the Lions were going to recover. And it would have been an illegal, and it wasn't an illegal touch regardless, but well, it was that. <laughs> oh, no. My flashback was to the was 2019. Yeah. Where. Oh, I heard about they that. They did get a view on site kick. They did get yeah, the 2021 Kittle. opening game. Yeah. yeah George oh, Kittle bumbled the ball. I thought you were talking about Atlanta in the, uh... it was, it was awesome that George Kittle was the one who fell on the ball and recovered it and exercised that demon. Game over. Well, I, and okay. So at this point, yeah, I know that I know this is not a point that was really talked about much. Here's reason number 47, why I'll never be an NFL. I was trying to do math in my head on how long the play clock was or how many timeouts <laughs> Detroit had versus the play clock versus the time that was left in the game. I couldn't do it. Now, I was very emotional. I get that. But I'll give credit to Kyle Shanahan, John. Good math on that last time. Yeah, I did. I Detroit had two timeouts, right? Did. Detroit had yeah, two timeouts, and he ran it what? What did he run it? Three times? Yep. Yeah. Three so, times uh, to Mitchell. And, and give, I mean... Elijah Mitchell, a lot of credit because they, the lines wanted everything they could to strip that ball. And yeah, he, he held on to it and, and credit to CMC for saying, I don't know if I can hang on. And I saw that they were ripping that ball like that. Yeah. yeah. And they were able to hang on and then Hurdy takes a knee and that clock hits zero and 
I'm like, we actually did it. We actually made that comeback. Yeah. I'll, I know we're, we're all, we'll get to kind of more of a summary later. I just want to share a couple of statistics with you. I mean, as I, as I mentioned, I looked at the statistics at the end of the first half and I just rolled my eyes like, oh boy, are we really going to go out like that? The, the Lions had in the first half, they had 148 yards rushing. They had 34 in the second. The 49ers in the second half had over 20 minutes time of possession. We talked about it as a tale of two halves. I think those are the two statistics that tell the story. And it, I think at that point I FaceTimed John and I, my face was just in utter shock of what had happened. I couldn't even register that the celebration was going on in the field. Yeah. I don't think Joe Montana could either. Cause he was speechless. <laughs> um, he couldn't believe it. He yeah. It really, it's got to go down as one of the best 49er victories ever. I mean, yeah, kudos to them all for believing. And to have that kind of belief going to the Super Bowl against arguably one of the best quarterbacks of his generation is going to help serve the Niners well. But one thing we'll talk to real quick about before getting to our stars of the game, because now we've talked... Last week, we talked for 54 minutes about the game. This week, we've talked before an hour and 15. Is uh, the other game was the Chiefs and the Ravens. And mm -hmm. Lamar, who is an unbelievable quarterback. Yeah. An unbelievable athlete. Is now being lambasted for not getting the big one done. And on the other hand, now... Purdy's, some people are like, oh, well, yeah, we knew it all along. I find, I thought, honestly, that Lamar was the victim of his game plan. I thought the Ravens came out with a, I'm like, oh, what are you guys doing? Just run the ball. And that they played into the Chiefs' hands. But Brock Purdy really showed that he's got that something. He's got it. Yeah, that just he, makes it happen. Yeah. So he may not, He may not have that charisma that you're looking at like a Patrick Mahomes, but he's got that on field. He's got the it factor on field. So it doesn't matter. He doesn't talk like, I don't know, Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or any of those guys. He can deliver on the field. And, and discount him at your own peril. Well, let's get to our stars of the game. Let's go with the obvious one. 482 stars for Brock Birdie. I mean, I thought you were going to go for at least 487. Yeah. I mean, who knew he could run like that? I mean, just, you can't say enough about him in terms of how he put that team on his back in the second quarter. I hope that Kyle realizes that he really has a special person here and to let Brock Kirk cook going forward, but he's the guy. I don't see why you'd want to move on from him for a really long time. And I'm just, I was speechless uh, how good he was. So Brian, who's your star of the game? Oh, I'm going to give it to our ladybug guy, Brandon. Ayuk. <laughs> I love that. Bugs. And, uh, you know, he called it on screen with Aaron Andrews, uh, after the game. 
you know, as we talked about that play, that catch, the def- the immaculate deflection, the Ayuk fluke, the the BA ricochet, that I think really changed the momentum of the game. And you know, as you said, to have the wherewithal, Tim, to catch that ball after it was just mm-hmm. flying in the air and get it at the five. And it looked like he got a touchdown, but obviously he got touched. But uh, no, he, the, he was confirmed down. He did. They, yeah. There was contact yeah. with the defender. I, I will say this. I think he deserved to have the number one top 10 on, on Sports Center plays. And for one reason and one reason alone. Four hours won the game because of that play. Lamar also made a hell of a play, but it, if that's your only highlight, then I gotta well, say it's also did it did that what happened? It, matter. Matter. it didn't it matter. Happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think they I mean, like yeah, hunted was, after that. I yeah, yeah. it was it was wacko. Don't get me wrong. I was like, well, wow, he caught that. I you kind of wonder if it's just some guy. And I don't know where ESPN is, whether they're like Greenwich, Connecticut or something like that. Mm-hmm. You feel it's like just some interns. Oh, no, I like that play a little better. We'll put it at one. So I'm not saying that they put a lot of uh, analysis or, or thought in the top 10. I think for all we know, it's just somebody who's going to University of Connecticut somewhere and just needed a summer, jo- a winter job. I don't know. But anyway. Well, I mean, John, I've already mentioned Javon Kamau, and because I've always been rooting for this guy ever since the Grant Cohen interview, I've mentioned him. I mean, for me, I think Trent Williams, no pressures. We know he's one of the best tackles to ever play. And I'm just thrilled to see after 14 seasons, many of which with a, a really bad organization with Washington, he's getting his first shot in the Super Bowl. Plus, so his first NFC championship against the Rams, he had that high ankle sprain. I think his yeah. PFF drag was, oh, yeah. Gray was 58. Then last year against the Eagles, he got ejected because he basically was so frustrated. And he also had a pretty bad grade that, that game. This game, he had no pressures on 92 PFF grade. So kudos to Trent for having a career game with his career. I mean, and he gets to go to the Super Bowl. Another one for me, Nick Bosa. Yeah. I'm going to be strapping on their running shoes Saturday before the Super Bowl and busting out 12 and a half because he had two sacks and eight pressures. And beyond that, Nick Bosa was mad. He was legitimately mad and angry because when he sacked golf twice, he didn't do his celebration. He was mad. He was, We're not, we can't be playing. We're not going out like this. And of course his halftime speech, but he's such a game wrecker and now he gets another shot, Patrick Mahomes. So Bosa is one of my stars of the game. I, uh, I more extra. Yeah. Colton McKivitz. Okay. That, that guy, right tackle, right? He's taken mm-hmm. over for, what's his name? Who went to Broncos? McGlinchey. No, McGlinchey. Yeah. McGlinchey. You didn't hear You didn't hear his name called once on that side of the line. Yeah. And so. We haven't heard much about McKivitz all year. And that was a good thing. We yeah. talked about in the preseason that he was the weak link. And like people like Micah Parsons, we're going to just go all over him. Yeah. yeah they, he, there was nothing going pressures. on this game. Yeah. yeah. But he nudges and how many sacks? 
That's my uh, honorable mention. I, I'll do one more just for the one play alone. I'll, I'll give it, this is a nice to have, but George Kittle's block. Uh, you know, just yeah, hand good kick. one. And even Aiden got up and was, yeah, that was a hell of a block. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a, that was like an Orlando pace type pancake block from the guy who I think invented the term. So, yeah, so it's a great one to, to kittle on that one. As always, it's not sunshine and lollipops. We do need to improve in some places. It, um, it wasn't all, it, it was just freaking rain clouds and thunder and lightning <laughs> in the first half. That. And none of us had an umbrella, so that just tells you how it was, John. Yeah, I have said to myself that I am enjoying the NFC Championship victory this week. Any mention I see of the Super Bowl and prognosticators, I'm completely ignoring because I'm like, I have a whole week to enjoy this. Let's enjoy it. Because, I mean, what a comeback. I mean, next week we can start talking about the Super Bowl. And if I have Taylor Swift Jets going to get there and all that other stuff, but for now, um, I'm enjoying it, but we do have to, there are some places the Niners have to improve on. And Tim, where are you going to, where do you want to start with on that one? Well, we got to start with the run defense. You give up 248 yards in the first half. That is obviously a huge red flag. And even more so because we saw how successful the Packers were the week prior. The 49ers run defense, that has been a weak link. I think it's one that has befuddled not only people like us, but I think it's befuddled the 49ers, given the people they got on their front four between Chase Young, Gregory, Armstead, Kinlaw, Hargrave, Bosa. That, that's a line I expect to control the line of scrimmage. I, I know that uh, Wilkes has come out and he has said, we will fix this. This is getting obviously a lot of scrutiny, but two weeks in a row, the Niners, they, they got to uh, fix that and they got to fix it fast. Yeah. Brian, any places you see? Yeah. I, I think the, the zone defense is predictable for the passing game. So they definitely need to do something to either show to be man or show to be zone, but switch to man or switch to zone. It's, it, it just showed, I think, in the last couple, the last two playoff games that both Jordan Love and Jared Goff can definitely pick us apart if they know what's happening. We call that one play, John, that you were talking about earlier about the disguise that Steve Wilkes did. They, they got to do more of that. And mm -hmm. something's got to happen. Something's got to change. They, they got to switch it up a little bit more. But, you know, something's got to we know our zone's a little soft at times, so yeah. they, they got to do something about that. Yeah. What I saw, they were playing so soft in the first half and then not tackling well in space, which is a recipe for disaster. But what I thought I saw in the second half was they were playing much closer to the line of scrimmage, much more press coverage with, with their quarterbacks. And I thought that did a much better job of defending not only the run, but also some of the path. The other thing they seem to be susceptible to, we've seen it again with the Packers and the Lions, is these quick screens. They try and get the front four home, and all of a sudden they dump it off to the left, and the guy just goes scooting. 
those are the places I had one more. Let's just get off to a better start. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As much as I like the drama and the drama loves me, (laughs) I would prefer less. Watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we had seen for so much of the season is the Niners do get off to that fast start. And then that allows your pass rushers to uh, really pin their ears back. That's been their philosophy. And I, I understand that Kyle has now two second half comebacks after being over 30 and being down. I think what I think the assistant was if he's trailing by seven points. Good for Kyle for getting that off his back. I'd rather not continue the trend, but I and I just cut off Ryan. I'll take this all day, every day. If I'm sure you guys will too, if we win. This reminds me of Giants Torture Baseball. <laughs> so we'll take it. I'll, I, I will take it yeah. as long as we win. But yes, I, it was stressful. And as I told you guys, I wish I was at that game now. I wish I went on Sunday. Like I had the opportunity and I chose to make chicken wings at home. No offense. But well, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know, Brian. If maybe in hindsight, if I'd gone with you, I would have been in the the concourse with my phone sitting down on the ground. So you, you never know, but I, you know, I know we, we've been hitting the defense here a little bit, but the Niners, in my opinion, essentially shut out the Lions in the second half. Yeah. So that oh, yeah. does show the ability to make the adjustments when needed. We've now seen it two weeks in a row. So there are a few teams who were able to do that. Well, I think we've beaten that dead horse. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Oh, it's an hour and a half. Oh my God. Exactly. This, this is so, therapy. You're right. It is. So Niners, it's trivia time, Brian. I had a bunch lined up, but why don't I just save them for next week? Okay. There's a Fine. bunch lined up. I had one about the Purdy family. I have one about, but I feel we went so long. I, I'll, I will reserve them all for next week. So let's do that. Perfectly fine. I would have not probably done very well. Let's go with, (laughs) let's go with final thoughts. I will go first. Please. Victory for the ages. Yeah, it was, I still, I'm still a little bit in shock. We won. Uh, It's a great feeling because obviously we're going to the Super Bowl. Those white jerseys. And those white white jerseys. jerseys. Yeah, white jerseys. Nyers at this beginning of the second half had no reason uh, to think they were going to win. And I give them a lot of credit for having the character yeah. to go out there and, and pull this rabbit out of a hat. Uh, I felt bad for the city of Detroit. I mean, if it had been Seattle, I'd be like, no, sucks to be you. But, <laughs> but for the city of Detroit, I did feel bad because they haven't ever been there and i know people who were already making plans they had they were gonna do it they were spending money to go to to vegas and they were gonna have the time of their lives and and say i went the super bowl when unfortunately and i stood in their way but what a game it was pretty basically saying i'm the guy i'm gonna be the guy for a really long time and i'm looking forward to next week and, and figuring out you know, how they're going to do the Super Bowl for this week. I'm just enjoying the victory. Why not? They shouldn't have won and they did. And I'm going to enjoy it. So, Brian? I do feel for the city of Detroit. I 
I work, I, I've worked with some people in that area. And I remember talking to some people when the San Francisco Giants were playing the Detroit Tigers in the 20, 2012 series. And they were just as crazy fans like us. They were watching MLB GameCast, which is the equivalent of watching dots on screen tell you balls and strikes and things mm -hmm. like that for their playoff games. And yeah, I wanted it. If it wasn't us, if it wasn't the Niners, I would love to see them. Mm -hmm. But it is us and we're here today. And uh, this victory just shows me the resilience of our team. They've been through a lot. They lost the 2019, 2020 Super Bowl. Uh, they're back here four years later. And there's a lot of hungry athletes on this team who want to prove themselves. And if they can get that, the Fred Warners of the world, the George Kittles, this will be a stamp in their legacy of potential great careers, mm -hmm. if not now. I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. And this just this game last weekend was just a testament of, the, of everything that Shanahan and Lynch have kind of built over the last six or seven years. Happy to see it keep on going. Tim, as our resident historian, would you like to put all this into perspective? Yeah, I think I'm going to start with uh, your comment at the beginning of the podcast, John, that this podcast is actually therapy for you. If you know of a healthcare <laughs> plan that's going to cover this kind of drama, I will be all in on that. Um, hell, I might even buy stock in the matter if, if that's the, because I can see a lot of demand from people like me. Like you said, John. If Detroit had, had won, I would certainly point for the Lions just based on their history, but also based on the fact that Jared Goff is a graduate of Marine Catholic. Brian and I watched this, watched him when he played in high school, uh, took him to a state championship. And then it's just always, I, I just always had a lot of respect for him, not only just from athletic ability, but just seems to how he carries himself. I, I think the Lions oh. have a young team. I think they have a lot of potential in there, but Brian, did you want to say something? Just real quick about golf, the way he got kind of shoved out of LA to mm -hmm. that, that, and the way he yeah. built himself in Detroit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Sorry. So Detroit, I think with the young team, I think they've got a lot of room to build there. I'll just say much respect for, for the Lions and not only for this game, but in their future. The 49ers, John, you put it right in perspective, historic win. I think one that we'll be talking about for many years to come. I think it's going to go up there with Vernon Davis's catch against the Saints. I think it'll go with the epic comeback against the Giants in the early 2000s. This was their moment. But, you know, as Brian alluded to, Lynch and Shanahan have built this team with a vision and a philosophy and they've gotten the type of players who have such character that when they are down in the most toughest circumstances, down 17 points in the NFC Championship game, they have the ability to believe in themselves and their abilities to stay in the game, remain competitive, and not only come back, but come back. I, it's, it seemed like a vengeance in the second half. And as a result, the 49ers, they are, yes, they're still looking for their first Super Bowl in a long time, 
but this team is consistently competitive. They have been in three straight NFC championships. Brian, they, they were in a Super Bowl in 2019, as he mentioned. And that goes to the entire organization. Epic win, but it was built at this, this character had been building from a long time by two people, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and given a foundation by Jed York and John York. And that's why we're in the position we are. We're NFC champions for going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And next week we'll have our, our Super Bowl preview. And I will leave faithful with this. Niners are going to be going against arguably the best quarterback of our generation, arguably one of the best tight ends of a generation. But in comes this team from Northern, Northern California. California. Yeah. And they got this guy and they got that guy. Oh, and, and they brought guy. this guy. That guy. Peace out, Faithful. What a win. Enjoy it this week. We got all next week to figure out who's going to win the Super Bowl. We'll be back with our Super Bowl preview. Talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.